opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Health Checkup. This is Sheila, the Zoom host for this evening. Um, For those of you that are participating, the unmute, raise hand um, ideas are to raise your hand. If you're on a PC, it's Alt-Y. If you're on a Mac, it is Option-Y. If you're on a phone, it is star nine. And if you're on an iPhone, it is under more options and you tap on raise hand. And then to unmute on the PC is alt A and it's a toggle. So to mute is alt A. On the Mac, it is command shift A. On the phone, it is star six. And on the iPhone, it is in the lower left-hand corner under mute. The host for this evening has asked that you all stay muted. And if you would like to ask a question or make a comment, please raise your hand. So, Terry, it's all yours. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for picking to come to Health Checkup. This is the first call. So tonight I'm going to take the opportunity to explain what we're going to be doing every week because I really want this call to represent what the needs are of the community and I'm going to speak for about 15 minutes now Sheila don't tell nobody that I love to talk do you think they know that um maybe yeah maybe (laughs) so if you can please (laughs) just give me 15 minutes and then just give me a nice reminder that 15 minutes has passed Yes, ma'am. I'd appreciate that. So the first thing I want to do is explain where does the word health checkup come from? So the first thing is the letter H. I'm going to try not to be my cheerleader and say H and you guys repeat it. So H is going to stand for home. So tonight we're going to start talking about things around the home that we should be aware of, such as emergency preparedness in our home. This is going to be two phases tonight. no, three phases, we're going to talk about emergency preparedness. And I am going to give you some tools and a little bit of homework to do. So if you have any opportunities of improvement to find out information, since we live all over the United States, every place is different. And I can help you make sure you get the right information you need for your area. Second of all, E stands for emergency. And when we reach the letter E, we're going to be talking more um, in my wheelhouse, first aid things, CPR, respiratory, um, those kind of emergencies, when to call 911, when not to call, and all those kinds of questions. A is going to stand for attitude and alternative. And I don't think I need to explain that one. And then we have lifestyle, tools, And then we're going to circle around with health. Now, we have some fantastic other calls going on about mental stability, uh, reflexology, essential oils, and all these wonderful other calls going on. So this health checkup, when we get to the letter H for health, is more like what to do when you go to the doctors, what kind of questions, what does this mean, and what does that mean? 
So I wanted to explain to you that this is a call that is really in my wheelhouse. I've been in the medical field for over 32 years, and I just love the human body. It's an amazing, amazing machine. It repairs itself. It um, can do an amazing, amazing things. And what I want to say is, is I was an instructor at three community colleges, and I did get to be an adjunct instructor at a medical school for gross anatomy. And oh my gosh, that is so much fun. But my licensed medical background is I'm a critical care respiratory therapist in the state of Florida, and I still currently am, but I'm not working at bedside, as most of you guys may have known. Both of my retinas detached at the same time on September 26, 2017. So I'm fairly new to my new vision adjustment, um, learning the terminology. I call myself VIP blind because I'm dark on my left, but I'm still blessed to have light sensitivity and I can see shapes out of my right eye. I want to say that even though it occurred while I was at work, I was astonished how my own medical team treated me. Um, we didn't know what happened. Um, at first, they called me a stroke alert, which we'll talk about stroke awareness as well later on in these calls. And but because of the delay, I didn't get to see a retinal specialist for 72 hours. I could have potentially had been able to save some of my eyesight. But because of the delay, um, I, I am where I am today. And I just believe Heavenly Father has a plan. So on that note, I want to give you some pearls to take from this call tonight before I open up the floor, because I want to hear what you guys want us to talk about. And how the calls are going to be is as I gather the information, I'm going to create panels of experts that we're going to bring in to be on this call. So just a little heads up is that next week we will be talking about fire safety in your home. Now, I know a lot of us have different structures and occupancy for our homes. Some of us live in apartments, some of us live in condos, some in high rises, some in our own homes, some in multifamily structures. So I do have a couple of fire chiefs that will be on our panel. So just kind of put that on the side to think of all your questions you may have regarding home fire safety. But tonight, what I want to talk about, because it was astonishing, um, being on the calls the last couple of weeks when we were actually experienced people in California having earthquakes. So right now we know there's hurricanes, tornadoes, um, earthquakes, uh, power outages, um, all these situations. So I want to make sure that the best time to know what your plan of action is, is before an emergency. So I just kind of want to talk about that it's your role and responsibility to reach out to your emergency management system. Now, what, how does that work? Well, it's not in your city. It's actually the county that you live in. If you're in the United States, if you're in the United States, it's based out of your county. So you need to Google or call city hall or call your county and talk to the emergency management office. Then there's also, you'll hear on the news that EOC has been activated. What EOC is, is called the Emergency Operations Center. Now that's a place where <clears throat> key people in the community have to report and hunker down before, during, and after an emergency. 
And in the last 30 years, I've been honored, I'm going to say honored, to be part of EOCs in Pinellas County, Osceola, and Orange County at different points of my career. And you wouldn't believe all the strategies that we have to do in that EOC. We actually do um, mock, mock operational testing to see how we handle emergencies. Um, one of the things we did one year was had a gymnasium collapse when it was full with 400 people. So we stressed out the healthcare industry to see how we would triage. Um, we also do chemical spills, not real ones, but how does that work if a plane crashes um, and stuff like that to practice all the things. So you're probably wondering, well, what's in this EOC? Well, inside the emergency operations centers is all forms of communication that you can think of. And we test it. Now, here's a little tidbit that I'm going to tell you. On your cell phones, there is a update that's been done on your phone where it says ICE, emergency contact. If your phone has not got it under your emergency contacts, please do this for us and everyone else is put in a contact called ICE and type in a phone number of who we can call and that's in a case of emergency. Not all phones, depending on the models and stuff. So please tell your friends, let's ICE our phones and put one emergency contact. Another thing that we use when there's a, a, an emergency situation post hurricane or tornado is Facebook has a new activation where they, like the bombing that happened in London, where Facebook sends out a message to see if you're okay. So if you're active on Facebook, make sure your information is correct because that's one way your friends and family can find out what's going on. And that happened with Puerto Rico when they had Hurricane Maria. That was some of the ways people were able to find out. Another piece of information is when the cell towers go down, if there's, you know, a weather or something occurs to the cell towers, text message is the last thing to be done. So if you can't make a call because the service is overloaded, try to send a text message. And then, of course, I have learned we have quite a few hand radio um, people in our community, which is fantastic because that is our ultimate last resort for form of communication. Let's see. Oh, got, um, so the other thing is, is you want to communicate with your EOC emergency management on what your plan is. And you have to decide where you're going to go when you have to evacuate and have an evacuation plan. It is your responsibility to communicate with them and let them know if you need help with transportation, if you have a guide dog, and any of your special needs. If you're a dialysis patient or if you have a family member with dialysis or special needs like an LVAD, which is a left ventricular assist device, it's a pump that you're able to use while you're waiting for a heart transplant, we can handle all that. Um, we just need to know because we have special dedicated shelters that are higher level of medical services that are needed versus lower level. And I can't say across the whole United States, the ruling for each shelter, it depends by county by county. 
So if you do have a guide dog, a medical service dog, you need to make arrangements because some of the shelters, depending on the medical needs of each person, um, depends on where, where you'll be focused on going. So know your local shelter, know where you're going, and it is the county's responsibility, once you're put on a special list, to transport you. They'll actually come pick you up. When Hurricane Andrew hit down in um, Homestead, Florida, um, this is where a lot of opportunities of improvement arose. And I literally was riding on a four-wheeler helping deliver insulin to those that could not get out. Um, my mom was involved. I don't know if she's on the call. She got to go around in a Jeep and they were catching monkeys because monkey land was destroyed. So anyways, um, Sheila, how are we on time? You've got about three minutes. Okay. So, <laughs> see, I was a good girl. So another thing is, is when you're calling your emergency management office, there are some that have a special program called the Vial. So what it is, is it's a medicine bottle <clears throat> that has your information in your refrigerator. And inside that vial comes a sticker that you put on the front door or your window or somewhere when 911 needs to enter, sees this sticker. And everybody has a different color because that's just how some things work. And you put this vial of information. It'll have your doctor, emergency contact, current list of medications, and all that information. So if you become unresponsive or you have, you know, something that occurs, there is some history available in your refrigerator. So please, if um, reach out when you find out about your shelters, develop your evacuation plan, where you're going to go, and an important part of this also is we all have families and friends and we especially have the ACB community. And I know recently with Pam in Pensacola, which when they got hit with Hurricane Sally, we all kind of were like, has anyone heard from Pam? So one of the things you need to do is take responsibility of making somebody your out of state contact. For example, if a hurricane came through Florida my contact is not going to be Sheila because she's going to be experiencing it with me versus maybe I'll pick somebody um, in Seattle, like a high L is in Seattle or she's in Washington. And I would make every effort to contact her because she's far away and she can tell everyone, yes, I heard from Terry. She's okay. So that's your homework assignment. Develop an evacuation plan talk to your, e, um, your emergency management of the county and make communication of seeing if they have the vital or the vial program for you. And also find out who's going to be your ICE contact in your phone and also find um, a co contact that you're going to report to if heavenly, you know, if something tragic happens again, like 9-11 or any other thing occurs, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes. I mean, it's, you wouldn't believe the stuff we practice to get ready for. So on that note, what I'd like to do is open up everyone's line. And I want you guys to raise your hand if there is a topic that you want to see us explore more so I can work on getting a panel of experts. 
or if you have any questions about the information I gave you tonight. And Terry, I will tell you that in Orlando, we have what is called persons with special needs. Yes. And I, and I'm not supposed to input, but I'm going to. Um, during one of our hurricanes, I actually am listed in that special needs program, and I had police come to my door making sure I was okay. So, yes, and that area is awesome with that. So, and in our area, not only during emergencies are we phenomenal, that's why we do a lot of um, like uh, City of Claremont just got the number one fire department. I can't believe they beat Orlando, but. Um, they're always in competition, is well check calls. And it doesn't have to be in an emergency. You can sign up that every day um, you get a call. Sometimes they're robot calls or whatever, and you have to interact with the phone call. And that works very good in Florida because of our elderly population. Because when I first moved into my neighborhood, um, I bought this home for my grandmother. I would go around and pick up everyone's um uh, newspaper and put it by their front door. And I got screamed at. I'm like, well, I was just trying to be nice when I did my morning walk. And they're like, no, that's how we know if Janie woke up today. And I was Aww. like, oh. <laughs> so, okay, well, you do have some hands raised. So okay, if well, let's you call some, let's call, yeah, if let's, you have the last three phone number, 374, please unmute. Hi, this is Karen from Philadelphia. Hi, Karen. Hi, Karen. Hi. Is this hi? Is this going to be available in the archives? This is amazing information. Um, this is my first the ACB call. archive. I don't know. Sheila? It should oh, be man. because it it is being recorded. We are live. Okay. We are live on ACB radio. So. <laughs> this, is really, this is really good. Um, oh, I have good. I took a call real fast. Um, someone's calling, so I clicked over. And when I came back, you were saying call the emergency management in your town and tell them that you're about your special needs is that what you meant yes yes it's okay it's normally called emergency management and it's your county that you want to call because everything goes okay. county state and then federal so you want to call the primary planning starts in the county level yes you do okay and you just well they know what, what i'm talking about in. i'm in they, philadelphia yes they, they, you know, yes, they will <laughs> i don't want them to be like what you telling me for like <laughs> yeah, you might want to research first, um, you know, go on your Google or Chrome or, you know, Internet search um, because they do have um, some counties and some areas are very sophisticated where everything's online. But there's always an ADA number for you to call. And if you have any wow, problems, with, yeah, if you have any problems, um, I do have an email that's just for consulting that I will give out at the end. Okay, so thank you. you. Okay, I'll, I'll help you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to keep listening. Thank you so much for the information. Oh, I'm going to keep you. listening. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Thanks for calling, Karen. Someone okay. with the last three, number 155, please unmute. Hi, this is Melody Holloway from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I have retinopathy prematurity for psychiatric diagnoses and several other medical conditions and severely immunocompromised. Um, and I'm trying to move on my own. I'm not hearing well, and I fear that I wouldn't be able to hear sirens correctly and 
even my phone's emergency alert if I didn't have my Apple Watch on my wrist. Luckily, I just got a Series 6, and I can check medical things now. Um, and I also get severe hallucinations, thinking I'm smelling fires when I'm really not, or hearing sirens when I'm really not. I'm a trauma survivor from over 30 years ago. I would love to get my wow. first guide dog. I'm also a caregiver for a lady with a traumatic brain injury. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get her out of the house if we're together? If there was a fire or a, a weather you know, event or somebody broke in, how am I going to defend both of us? We're both pretty little. I mean, I'm, you know, and it's just, it's, it's unbelievable right now. And I also oh. am very interested in the medical field, so. Oh, well, first of all, thank you for jumping on this call and sharing your story. And what I want to give you a little secret. Don't tell nobody. It's just between you and I. Your local fire department is very willing to come and meet you and talk to you and get to know you guys. And they will give you better care and get to know you guys. So you can even just reach out to your closest fire station. Now, fire station works 24-7. So you want to be kind of cognitive. Don't call 911, but you can every... But every city has a non-emergency number to reach out. And you can just say, I really want to talk to my local firemen or my local police because of A, B, C, and D. And they'll be on, they'll be glad to come over and talk to you and assist you because it's not during an emergency do they need to realize that all the special needs that you need. We need to be organized before. And we evacuate the medical um shelters we 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 get you out first like sometimes you might get to have a little bit of party at the shelter before everyone gets there so i recommend for you to reach out to the closest fire department there's three shifts there's an a b c shift so when you call you might get someone on the a b c shift but once you talk to one they put it in what's called the cad cad is the program it's um that puts all the database together and if you have a guide dog, everyone needs to register with their local CAD. So that's your 911. But you don't want to call 911 to report that. You want to call the non-emergency number of your city and say, I have a service dog. I have this. I have special needs. I can't hear. I'm vision impaired. And so that way, if ever you call 911 or your address is involved 911, that information pops up to the 911 dispatcher so they can communicate with the police, fire, rescue, and ambulance of the special needs needed at that resident. I hope that's helpful. Thank you so much. And when you give your contact information at the end, would you be able to repeat it and spell it a few times? And Oh, yes. I will be honored to do that. Yes. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for calling. Okay, Janine, you may unmute. Janine, what's up, girl? Uh I would like to say, I think on a future call, I would like us to discuss, or you, to discuss uh, emergency preparedness kits uh, (gasps) for each different state. So, like, maybe we could focus on a couple states each call, because I know the earthquake preparedness kit is different than the hurricane preparedness kit, or the blizzard preparedness kit. That is an excellent topic. Thank you, Janine. You're I so welcome. Even, I might even call on you to help me with that. 
Oh, I would love to. And I want to say you're doing fabulous. And I volunteer to be one of your ices. You're oh. awesome. I love you. Thank you, Janine. <laughs> okay. Oh, who else, Sheila? Who else we got? Eugene, you may unmute. <laughs> hey, Eugene. Thanks for hey. being on the call. How are you doing? I know I'm in, doing great. I know in Pinellas County, the uh, Sunstar, they have the Viola Life Kit that uh, you can usually get from them. If you can't get it, you can go on uh, the internet. You go to Cortana, type in Vial of Life, and then you keep everyone down. It'll come to the Vial of Life form. You can print it out and fill it out, and then just put it in the refrigerator with a uh, inside a, a prescription bottle, and then put your sticker, like you said, if you got it in the freezer or in the lower part, put your sticker on there and then one on your door. Yes, and the best place to put it is actually – you know, that drawer you open up that you're supposed to put your butter in, that's really where, you know, an awesome place to place it. But the challenge is, is I don't know if it's across all 50 states that it is um, state, but in Florida, we have it throughout our state of Florida. So if anybody um, has any challenges or opportunities of improvement and they want it in their state, let me know because I believe we have some opportunity of improvement and we can work together to bring that change because it's a great program. Any recommended re recommendations, Eugene, on future calls? Um, well, you know, uh, CPR. Uh, oh, yeah. You can actually do CPR on yourself, too. Yep, that's totally in my wheelhouse. We'll talk about that, Eugene, and maybe okay. I'll ask you to join in. <laughs> All right. Thank you. You have a nice you're doing a good job. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Who's next, Sheila? Last three numbers, 374, please unmute. Hi, this is Karen again from Philadelphia. Oh, hey, Karen. Hey, Karen. Um, hi. What I was thinking, um, my son just moved out in December. So now, you know, I do have a little vision left, but now that he's gone, it's like I'm faced with, you know, everything that's happening in this house. And, like, I thought of the, like, things to do if you think that, you have like a water leak, water emergencies, gas leaks, water. I mean, some of it is. Mama, quiet. Some of it is. And, um, that's my son. He just came out there. Well, again. But, you know, like some of it you call, obviously, not you have Mama, quiet. But I want to remind everyone that the police are here to protect and serve our community. And I'm going to mm -hmm. share a little story with you. I'm a home alone about 90% of my day. I do mm -hmm. have a housemate, but he just sleeps here and goes back to work. So I dropped my phone. I never put my phone on my pillow. And for some reason, my phone fell behind my bed. Well, I live in a in an elderly community and I couldn't think of anybody that was home that could help me with getting my phone from my bed. So mm -hmm. I couldn't see it. I couldn't hear it. People were calling me and, um, Oh, I apologize. That's my, my mom calling me on my emergency line. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, if I don't answer the phone, <laughs> um, Things happen like a police will knock on my door. So if you smell gas, if you smell what, you know, if you smell anything, and I know um, someone earlier shared that she has um, some uh, false sense of smoke, trust me, 
call 911 and say, I don't know what's going on, but this is what I smell. This is what I feel. This is whatever. The other night I was sitting outside on my golf cart and I heard bang, bang. Now, I didn't know if it was a car backfiring, but we do have a shooting range down a little bit. I went ahead and called 911 and just said, hey, I heard two things that sounded. And they're like, okay, Ms. Suarez, thank you. Again, because I called my my CAD, the 911, and they had me registered as vision impaired blind with a medical service dog. And they even have a picture of Duke. So if Duke accidentally gets startled, if something happens, um, you know, they they know I have a dog. And if I make odd calls, they don't charge you. Now, don't call them if you're struggling in kindergarten and can't help your kindergartner do kindergarten. That's where you're going to get fined. But <laughs> don't ever hesitate. <laughs> there was a little boy that was, yeah, there's, there's, there's a, if you ever want something to do, but there's so much to do on ACB, um, there's websites that you can go and listen to dispatcher um, recordings because it is public records. And kids call in all the time when their parents weren't home and asking to do math questions. So those are the kind of calls that they don't appreciate. But if you're vision impaired or you're hard of hearing and, you know, you're feeling insecure and unsafe, please do not hesitate to call 911. And I don't mm-hmm. mean non-emergency. Just go ahead and call 911. And when they when they answer the phone, the first thing they'll do is say, do you need, is this fire or police? And what they're doing is triaging your call. A lot of people don't know that ambulances, we actually have two types of ambulances. We have what's called basic response ambulance, and then you had advanced um, response ambulance. And that just means like how, how many if you have a paramedic on board or if they're two EMTs and what skills they can do. So we do triage the calls, but we rather hear you call for help than it is a gas leak or it is, you know what I'm saying? So don't ever hesitate to call. We like coming out and nothing's going on. Just have some coffee and we'll just sit and chat. (laughs) Hello. All right. Kathy Casey, you may unmute. Okay, good evening, everyone. This is a uh, a very interesting call, and a lot of um, I am part of Albany County uh, Civil uh, Amateur Radio Operator, and I'm also very interested in the Emergency Services Department. And they, <clears throat> what you're saying is is true. Albany County has a special needs registry, and you fill that out and it goes into the 911 CAD system so that when you call, they will say patient is, uh, is blind. Uh, at least that's what they did in my case when I called them once and it said patient or uh, <clears throat> resident is blind. And uh, so they have a, a heads up. And each county does their special needs registry a lot different or very differently from None of them are all the same. Some are way behind the times. Some are way, I'm very fortunate that Albany County is, is very much on top of uh, on top of this. But it's amazing. I did some investigating at local counties around me and how much they're not on top of things. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to throw that 
in for two cents. And yes, listening to the scanner feeds is very interesting. You hear some really interesting calls, let me tell you. And I want to say thank you for sharing your story. I'm curious, um, what state are you in? Uh, excuse me, uh, New York. New York, okay. Albany, so Albany, Albany New are, York. Are you a registered to be a hand? Are you part of the um, radio network, the backup? Did you register for that? I am an amateur radio operator. I'm okay. uh, part of Albany County Radio Amateur Excellent. Civil Emergency Services. Yes. Or Aries. I should say Aries. It's not Racy's anymore. It used to be. But I'm part yes. of Aries, yes. So thank you so much for doing that and volunteering. And thank you for sharing your story. Sheila, who else do we got? Jay, you may unmute. Yes, my name is Jay Rasmussen. And on uh, fire departments, they have different shift hours. What I'm trying to get is some are volunteers in your rural areas. Some are paid on premise. And then sometimes, and then some are the full-time people where they're uh, on 24, off 48. Thank you, Jay, so much. You know, after I said that, I was like, oh, I didn't explain the whole system. So thank you so much for sharing that with everyone. Were you a part of the emergency first responders? Yes, I was a firefighter paramedic. Oh, where at? Uh, McHenry, Illinois. Where's that in Illinois? Um, it's about 50 miles away from Chicago. North, okay, so south. Were, you, were you consider a rural area? Yes. Yes. And so. But the <laughs> town is um, because we have enough people active enough to where we're paid on premise. Oh, OK. That's good. Do you have a hospital in your county? Yes, we do. We have uh, okay. um, one that's not that far from because um, it's McHenry County County where we usually in the county. I think there's two or three. Okay. And, but I don't well, live there I, anymore. Oh, and, <laughs> where, do you, where do you live now? I live in uh, Tucson, Arizona. Oh, okay. Have you reached out to see how it is there? Not yet, but I'm okay. just, I just moved down here. Oh, okay. And, and the other thing is for, you may want to ask, you know, on a uh, non-emergency number to find out if they have enhanced 911 system. And what I mean by that is they can put in the information like you were talking about if they have the enhanced system. Yes. Some call it the CAD. Some call it enhanced. It's all variant to the different states and right. what or areas. Yes. Yes. Well, Jay, I appreciate you. And if you want to get my contact information and help me with this call um, on different subjects, it would be an honor for you to be part of my panel. No problem. Awesome. Because, you know, we got to talk about ACLS pals and, you know, oh, yeah. BLS. <laughs> okay. So who else we got, Sheila? Actually, Kathy. Casey, go ahead and unmute. Um, sorry to be a pain, but one of the things that I had said that um, we talk about the CAD system, and I don't know if you uh, explained the, uh, what the initials stand for. CAD means Computer Aided Dispatch. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and I just stated this on an, another ACB call that um, it, it gets very uh, frustrating when I don't know what everyone was talking about. So I want to say thank you for calling me on the carpet. And um, yes, so computer-assisted 
data a dispatching is what CAD stands for. Thank you so much. Someone, yeah, somebody with last three six three eight. You can unmute. Hello there, Terry. Hi. This is, is Beth. Oh, um, Beth from New Mexico. Hey, Beth, how you doing? Yes. Um, also, you were talking about the uh, ice contacts. I'm one of those. Um, in case of um, like mass shootings at schools and stuff for my grandchildren. Yes. Yes, I'm. I'm one of those emergency contacts that if they can't get a hold of their parents or something like that. Yeah. Um, we could discuss those if you want to on a topic, and then also um, food preparedness for like you know in, in case of like hurricanes and stuff like that. You know they have. Yeah, that's what Janine recommended was to talk about our preparedness kits for different. Yeah, the preparedness um, kits. They have yeah. the three-day and I guess the 14-day preparedness kits. Yeah, I'm excited to learn about the blizzards um, because being a Floridian, this is the farthest north I've ever lived. But um, I know a friend of mine that her daughter got stuck in a blizzard for five days before they found her. And if her her blizzard kit in her car is why she survived it. So I'm very excited to work on that. So thank you, Beth. We will definitely um, have that discussion. Thank you. And I'll try, I'll try to remember your phone number, Beth. <laughs> Janine, you can unmute. Hi. Um, I have another topic. I would like to talk about animals in the home as well for Ooh. emergency. You know, I know that Dogs are very popular, but I have a rabbit and there's other people that have birds and cats and <coughs> guinea pigs. So I think if we talk about the other critters besides just dogs, that would be very nice, like for emergency situations. So Janine, I want to say thank you so much. And I do apologize. Um, tonight's my first call, so I'm not really nervous, but I'm just excited. And I did forget that there are pet-friendly shelters yes. as part of the system. And what you have to do is, before the emergency occurs, is call and find out which one is pet-friendly. And they will tell you what to expect. Your pets will need to have a cage, um, will have to have three to five-day food supply, and um, how are you going to be able to maintain cleanliness? Um, I personally know Janine has a uh, Chewy, who is um, a bunny rabbit that I haven't got to met yet, thanks to she's a lion head. Yeah, just because of that, I don't know. There's some virus going around. I don't know. <laughs> so, which I'm surprised no one's brought it up. Oh wait, did I just bring it up? So, um, thank you, Janine, so much. We will definitely include our pets because our furry family members are very important to us. Of course, you're doing such a good job. I just thought oh. I'd add that one. Yes. Thanks, Janine. Yeah. Pet friendly shelters. If you have any kind of pets, we don't. It's so horrible seeing all the pictures from the hurricanes and seeing the dogs left out. And yeah, so we do have pet friendly shelters. OK. And um, I am I am very sorry you um, already asked a question. One, five, five or your last three. And I don't remember your name. I'm sorry. 
I think it's okay. This is Melody Holloway. Oh, hi, um, Melody. I'm sorry. <laughs> hi. Um, I am finding that when I try to get to medical help, when I try to go to a hospital or when I try to call EMS, they are seeing my mental health conditions in their system, and this would be for any of my other ones. I'm sorry. And I was refused, and they, they didn't transport me after I volunteered that I had pneumonia. They didn't check a pulse ox, and I didn't think until a friend asked me afterwards, and I'm tachycardic, you know, hypertensive, um, hypoglycemic, and they didn't ask about my medications, my medical conditions, and I felt forced to sign the paper saying I didn't want to go because my, you know, dad was hovering, and I'm 35, and I, I feel that I'm being held back by my family and my mental health conditions when I really feel that I need help. So if I were to call for help after I move on my own, which I'm desperately trying to do, and I think I hear something, think I smell something, or really feel bad, and they don't want to transport, again, it's going to not look very good for me. And it seems like a lot of the police don't want to use their CIT, and I've had that before, too, when I've been suicidal. I'm okay right now. Don't make a call. Just you know, <laughs> I just, you know, they don't want to be careful with me, and I am totally blind, so... So what I recommend for you is um, to do, to reach out. I don't know where you're going to be moving to, but start a relationship with your fire department. Start a relationship with the police. The ratio, there's more police, well, right now with things going on. Um, and just talk to them and explain to them and get them to know you when you're in a baseline state. And just let them get to know you. So that when you do have an acute episode, um, they are familiar with your baseline because all of our baselines are different. Um, I completely understand what you're saying, but if you ever have a situation where you feel you were mismanaged, um, there is a process of reevaluation of from the 911 call all the way through to the recording that the medics do to, you know, the hospital. So if you ever have a situation where you feel you were um, medically delayed or, you know, were not properly treated or assessed, um, even if they're volunteer firefighter paramedics, they have to account to a medical director. They have to account for their actions and they have documentation. And as we all know, we are all human first. And not knowing your baseline, not knowing the situation, unfortunately, someone may, may make a quick, obs uh, a quick observation and assessment and, and categorize you in a situation that may not be the full picture. In other words, they might get distracted. So I just say reach out and talk to your local um, fire department, your local police, and just kind of have a talk with them when you have your baseline and um, just explain to them your concerns. And I wish you lots of luck and I'm thank you for calling in and um, so hopefully, yeah, keep ACB in your community and in your journey. You don't have any other hand raised. No other hand raised. How are we on time? Oh, you got about 13 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. So I want to say thank you, everybody. Um, I want to go back. Everyone kind of commented on the topic tonight. And what I'd like to do is expand it a more. So let's talk about 
I understand we're going to talk more about emergency preparedness, um, emergency preparedness package and e evacuation kits. We can do that. Um, what other things would you guys like to talk about? Lynn, Lynn you may unmute. Oh. <laughs> Lynn Coral, you can unmute. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm here. Um, well, one of the things um, that you kind of brought up, uh, Terry, um, and, and you said you're um, visually impaired. I did some work in Anchorage when I lived there about um, emergency management, too. I didn't do it, but I was, you know, we had people come to our conventions and talk about it, and I think it's very important. And I was on a list when I lived in Florida for um, when I was in Sarasota. So I, I kind of know how these things work. But one of the things you brought up was about COVID and is emergency management different uh, in, in the COVID, COVID environment? Thank you. So I, I'm sorry, I'm a little confused. Are you asking me due to the current coronavirus situation, is emer emergency management handling things differently or are they active right, yeah. well okay. for, first so, of all first of all is emergency management different and are the shelters uh are adhering to social distancing and mask wearing uh, etc thank you okay well thank you for asking that question um what i'd like to do is i think i've heard this on a couple of calls about the hot topic of coronavirus i know earlier in april there was um, a call done, but we haven't done anything in the community since April. So I am going to answer that, but I think I'm, I'm working on getting somebody from the CDC and some other panelists to come in. So I say stick around, maybe in three weeks, I'm hoping three weeks we'll be able to talk about it. Because I currently, right now the shelters are not activated for Corona itself. The shelters are activated for um, natural occurrences that have been going on with such as the hurricanes and the fires and the earthquakes. So unfortunately, I don't have anybody on the front line that I could call right now and get with you on that information. So I need a little bit, little bit of time. Is there anybody on Jay or anybody on the call? Yes, Jay, go for it. Yes. <laughs> So the question has been asked. All I know is, is when you call 911, they do go through the checklist. Like, have you been exposed to someone? Um, you know, that kind of information is changed. But when it comes to being in a shelter, I've not heard or, you know, of course, we're going to follow the CDC recommendations as much as we can. So, Jay, can you add anything? No, right at this time, I cannot uh, because okay. I went, I've been... But I did want to mention about a uh, topic wise. What I wanted to say is once they call 911 is is talk about the 911. Then I want to, you know, say expand is if you need for the ambulance, what what the ambulance guys would do. And then also in the ER. Oh, OK. So you mean kind of like break down the expectations of each phase? Yes, that would be fun. You want to do it with me? Sure. Okay, awesome. <clears throat> okay, Colorado Vicky, please unmute. Colorado Vicky. <laughs> Hi. Um, Hi. Thanks for doing this call. I appreciate it. Um, oops, let me silence my speech here. Um, 
I just want, I, I had a couple of comments to make. One is, and perhaps you hit this at the beginning of the call, but, you know, uh, in your preparedness, uh, you know, you like you have, let's say you had some, have some medications, but you only have a certain amount of medications because that's all your prescription will give you. <laughs> Uh, you know, and so um, you you ha- maybe you maybe you're right at the end of what you have and haven't refilled. So, so I can explain to you how that works. Part of your registration into a medical shelter list is we get your medications, and we have relationships with Walgreens, CVS, and pharmacy, and all the other pharmacies, and it's all set up. Um, you would not believe all the infrastructure. Um, we actually have portable pharmacies that we can pull to those shelters. We have portable dialysis machines to pull to those shelters. Um, so that's why it's so important that before an emergency occurs that we have your data. And if you are inputted, part of the profile is all your medication. Because we will be, yeah, because we have medical staff that actually volunteer. And part of the reason why I was part of the EOC team is I helped a friend of mine run a home health infusion company. And Oh, wow. Yeah. So when you're on home health, if you're getting any special medications, um, you um, cannot, I mean, it's life extending. And some of the medications we gave was to keep you alive. So yeah, there's all these special things, but the most important thing to remember, we don't know what we can do for you in the emergency. We need to know before the emergency. So reach out and make sure you get on that list. Yes. Okay. I appreciate that. And then one other thing, well, two other very fast things. Uh, Is there any way to get involved as a helper in the program? Um, Yes. Most, um, Emergency management will have training and volunteer. Um, do not be upset if they say no, thank you. <laughs> um, but there's always um, an opportunity to learn something to help. Um, you might be a community um, information or point person, or you know, there's there's always a role for everybody. And I can't speak for all of the United States. But most of the ones that I've dealt with and helped with development of policies and stuff, they do have a volunteer training. Um, Jay and somebody else um, from Albany, New York, um, our hand radio, Kathy, are you still on the line? But that's a great question. I will get some EOC and emergency management people and see what we can talk about volunteerism. Okay, because I'm a, I'm a ham operator, but I, I'm not active, but I still have my license. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I say step one, reach out to your local county emergency okay. um, management. And remember, EOC is not active till we're till they're called active. So EOC is the actual emergency operations center that pulls everyone together so you want to look up your emergency management office and that's you know always open monday through friday from eight from nine to five you know okay (laughs) so perfect yeah and just ask them because it's going to be from county to county okay great thank you so very much you're welcome abraham you may unmute hello terry hey abraham how you doing tonight where's my five dollars (laughs) <laughs> I gave it to Janine. Okay. 
So, quick question. Let's say uh, I'm, I've got an area 911, and I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a different state, and I need to call 911. Will my 911 call be routed back to the, my state where my phone is registered, or will it be routed to the area I'm located in? Abraham, I wish I could have called you and said, I'm going to plant a question. Thank you so much for asking this question because I did not include that in my first presentation. Your 911 is going to be activated to the closest cell tower to the closest 911 system. So thank you so much for asking. That's a very important. So if you're in North Carolina now and you go and we're in Phoenix, Arizona for the ACB um, <clears throat> National Conference in June next year, if we all call 911, we would all be in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Your 911 won't take you back to North Carolina. Okay, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Donna Brown, you may unmute. Okay, um, this might be a little strange, but just, just for an idea for a topic. Um, something like um, maybe tips on creating a first aid kit for your home. Yeah. And... But not only that, tips on ways to kind of keep the uh, items in the kit, uh, not, you know, current or not get uh, just ideas of, you know, how to keep them so that they're not outdated. Cause yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's these, there are methods um, of using your calendar if you keep certain medications on in there, like aspirin or. Um, Pepsi or stuff like that. Yeah, there's little tricks. That's an excellent idea. We'll do first aid. How about that? We'll do cool. a whole first aid. Yep. I've cool. Got... Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. This is very, 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 very informative. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Mo, you may unmute. Hello, Mo. Hi. Am I here? Am I here? <laughs> you Hi. are. Hi, Mo. Okay. We hear you. Loud and it's clear. It's Maureen. Thank you. I, um, I, the first visit to a doctor is also always kind of tricky because you never know what kind of misconceptions you're going to have to correct. And I guess I'd like to hear you speak about how we should handle our first doctor visits. What are the expectations we should have of them? And what kinds of questions should we be asking them the first visit? Okay, thank you so much. I'm so sure. excited bro someone brought that up because we have to take our healthcare empowerment. And I'm gonna leave everyone with this thought. Your doctor works for you. And we will spend, I will be an honor to spend an hour talking about that. You have one more hand. Um, okay. Last three, seven, four, three, seven, four, sorry. You may unmute. This is Karen again in Philadelphia. Hi, Karen. Hey, Karen. Hi. <laughs> I have a couple more uh, quick topics, and then um, sure. So one is, um, how do you advocate for yourself with tenant rights or foreclosures or or, or things oh, like that? Okay. How do you advocate for yourself with with uh, your utility bills in case you're being faced with you know something being cut off or or, or threatening to cut your water off or something? And then also, how do you advocate for yourself with your health care, like if they, you know, they stop your health care, you know, or, or they're okay. increasing the rate where they want to stop it. And then um, those are three topics. And then one quick thing on what I was trying to say earlier before my dog started barking, I apologize for that. Um, 
I know, like, if you see fire or smell gas, you run out. But I was in the basement one time in the box where the battery is for my security system. Um, the door, I think the door was open. It was like a little tiny panel, and the door just kind of popped open. But then I was hearing some buzzing sounds. So this was when my son was here a couple years ago. I woke him up at like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh my God, I think something's going on with the box. I think it's like, you know, it's like an electrical problem. He comes down there and you know, like the metal, like the aluminum pants that you bake in, that you dispose of, you dispose yes. of the pants. So apparently there was some kind of like flies, like fruit flies or some little flies that were buzzing around and hitting the aluminum pants. But what it sound, you know how like a bug zapper sounds? Yes. It was sounding like a bug zapper, but I, I thought it was something wrong with the box. I thought it was an electrical problem. But he said, oh, no, mom, they're just flies that are hitting the pan. There's nothing wrong with the box. So I was about to call 911. I was about to call the fire department and say that, you know, there's something wrong with this box. You know, I think I thought the box was like shorting out or something. And So how what would you do in something like that? Well, call Terry, 911. Oh, Terry, it, it is time to end the call. So quickly okay. answer her question or tell okay. everybody good night. Okay. Thank you. So real quick, so real quick um, I'm going to give my email address out. It's traveling, T R A V E L, travel. R-E-S-Q-W-M. So Rescue Woman. Now you guys know why I get that nickname because I love to talk about rescue and resuscitation at gmail.com. So that's travel. T-R-A-V-E-L-R-E-S-Q-W-M at gmail.com. So unfortunately, um, I will. I, we've got to go. We've got to end the call. But thank you so much for being here. I look forward to seeing you guys next Wednesday. And I will post on Facebook my email. And thanks again. See you guys next Thank you. Week. All righty. Bye-bye.